Hello, people of the podcast sphere. Welcome to the Come Along Pond podcast. We're very excited to have you. I'm definitely not coming in now and adding this in because we forgot to add in in the actual episode recording. I wouldn't do that. Maybe I travelled back to add it in because, you know, we're all about time travel here, guys. So enjoy the episode. Bestie, we're doing it. We're here. We're here. We're queer. (laughs) Some of the time. Some of the time. Some of the time. (laughs) But we're here. Okay, so hi. Hi. Hi, people. Hi. Uh, What's that thing that woman says in Midnight where it's like, uh, ladies and gentlemen and variations thereupon. I feel like that's very much the vibe of this podcast, (laughs) isn't it? It is definitely. Absolutely our vibe. Yes. So I'm Damla. I'm Elliot. And we are just a pair of absolute nerds who love talking about Doctor Who. And we're bringing it to you live in your very iPhone slash Android device slash radio. Right in your ears. And it's all very exciting, I must say. I'm a bit too excited, I think, (laughs) for this. I I can tell. I can tell. It's rubbing off. I'm glad. I'm glad. (laughs) I I like to be... I like my excitement to be uh, contagious. So I'm glad that you you feel that. Yeah, I've I've never seen you this happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy because I get to talk about Doctor Who with one of my besties. Well, isn't... This is what we'd be doing anyway. Oh, yeah, no, this is what if we I, do 24-7. Yeah. yeah, this is this is how we call each other. Absolutely. Yeah, if other people want to hear it, I mean, that's great. Yeah, we just do this anyway. So we might as well record it, and that's kind of the idea behind it. Yeah, instead of talking about you know, a random episode as and when it takes us and what we like, do it sequentially. Exactly. And talk about it like we talk about it down the phone. Exactly. I'm literally excited right now. I can't, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. Oh my god. Okay. Ah! Okay. Elliot, you take over because you are the the person who actually can speak with sensical words and I can't. So. I mean, I guess the first question is, how do we first get into Doctor Who? Yes, this is this is a good question, my friend. I can go first. You, you go, go first. first. Whoever first. You go first. Oh, okay, mine's a really long and boring story. It's not boring. That's a lie. I... I remember, um, is it infant, infant school, junior school, whatever your first proper school is, before you go off to primary? Yes. Um, we had an assembly hosted by our then headmistress, and she was very excited because a, a TV show was coming back that she loved called Doctor Who. Never heard of it in my life. Never heard, never, like, heard yeah, Doc, Doctor Who, never heard of her. Never heard of her. Um, and I remember there being this, I don't know, really smug guy in class who knew what the TARDIS was. He could explain that the TARDIS was, you know, bigger on the inside, and I thought, well, that sounds lame. Uh, but her passion was really nice and really inspiring, and I thought it sounded really cool. I got nothing better to do. I was, uh, when was that, 2005, so I would have been seven years old, um, getting, yeah, seven years old in March, so I didn't have anything better to do. And I watched it. And I fell in love and just watched the whole season. Yeah. Mostly, I think, to keep her happy. <laughs> like, and then just remember absolutely falling in love with it. You know, I don't have any specific memories of watching the the first episode that we're going to talk about today. I don't remember watching it for the first time, but I remember watching the show based on my headmistress's recommendation. 
And we love that for you. I just have one old woman. Oh, I don't know. She might not. I don't know. I don't even know if she's alive. I don't remember her name. But I have her to thank for shaping my entire adult life. Exactly. There you go. That is, that's interesting, though. That is interesting. It's a weird way to get into the show. Well, I'm going to jump in with mine because mine is it's niche. I'm not going to lie to you. It's real mm. niche. So cast your mind back to 2006. Okay. So I'm in my childhood home. I'm on the pull-out bed in my bedroom because I had a bed and a pull-out bed. Why wouldn't you, right? Two beds in one room, of course, because I'm extra. Anyway, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching my tiny little television. And I don't know if you remember or the, the listeners will remember if you're a fan back then, but there was this advert with David Tennant and Billy Piper and they were in the TARDIS. And Billy's in her iconic pink hoodie from the two-parter in series two, which will, when we go to that episode, I'll talk about that hoodie in detail, don't you worry. But I remember it was the two of them and, like, David was, like, with his hands in his pockets, you know, classic stance and just kind of, like, they were just, you know, advertising the show. And um, if you go on YouTube, you can find it still. I sometimes watch it now and then for the nostalgic feels because I've got nothing (laughs) better to do. But, yeah, and, like, they were just chatting about it and I was, like... For some reason, I was like, I need to watch this. For some reason. Maybe it's also because I didn't realise I was bisexual at the time. And I was like, these are two very attractive people and I need to understand. I need to know more. So <laughs> that might be partially why. That might be partially why. Um, but yeah, and then I remember I watched New Earth. That was my first episode. And I was basically hook, line and sinker. Like, I loved it. And I was obsessed. Like, literally obsessed from that moment. So that's kind of... Yeah, that's how I got into it. It's very... I feel like that's quite niche, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, because I, I feel like people, a lot of people who watched The Revival started watching The Revival because it was The Revival. They started with Rose. Or they came on much later. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a generation of people you either grew up with Rose, you either grew up, you started with Rose and you watched Nine and then grew up really loving Ten or you grew up watching Eleven. Yes. There was sort of no real, there's not really much of an in-between, so I do actually think that's really interesting. Yeah, so I started with, 10 was my number one introduction. I actually, and it's relevant because obviously we're starting off talking about series one, Um, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't know there was a ninth Doctor until like a year into watching the show and I was really confused. I was like, (laughs) why does Rose look so young? I thought this was the first series. Like I thought series two was like the first series, weirdly. Yeah, so it is interesting, I guess, starting on series two. But yeah, that's how yeah. I did it. A good episode. Good yeah. episode to start good on episode, as well. Good episode, yeah. Yeah. But is it better than Rose? We'll find <gasps> out today, <laughs> right now. But of course, before we actually get properly into talking about Rose, uh, an important aspect of the show, which is not important today, is news. But there is no news. There is no news. Nothing particularly exciting is happening in the world of Doctor Who. I mean, the new bunch of the second Doctor Adventures set between the War Games and Spearhead from Space got a cover reveal today, but it's literally just a drawing of Patrick Trout's face. Which we all appreciate, though. We we all appreciate... It's lovely art, but it's just art. It's not the 14th Doctor, is it? It's not the 14th Doctor. (laughs) But the whole news segment has just been constructed around us waiting for the 14th Doctor. No, literally. But yeah, no, like you say, we're going to have a news section every podcast, if it's relevant, obviously. So... Yeah. If not, there'll be a segment where we go, no news. No news. Like this, now. Yeah. Exactly. 
unfortunately. Maybe the jingle. Or maybe we'll just copy and paste this exact section into every episode when there's no news. Who knows? Stay tuned to find yeah, out. Yeah, just the exact, <laughs> it's the exact same one over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. We are the Satellite 5 of Doctor Who news. Oh my God, we so are though. Yeah. You can be Simon Pegg, I'll be the giant blob on the ceiling. Oh my God. What an iconic, let's not go there, let's not skip ahead to that episode. you got to, guys, you got to subscribe and follow to find out. You know what I'm saying? Do you know like, what I mean? This is what, this is what we do. We tease you with going, I know what the Django Fest is, but you're going to have to wait like six episodes. We're a, we're a <laughs> pair of teasers is what we are. <laughs> we are. It's terrible. Exactly. But we love it. And you, you will love it you, if you carry on. Again, see, I'm teasing you again. I, I can't stop. I can't stop. Anyway, I'm going to stop myself. You, okay, let's continue. Let's continue. So, guys, it, it's, it's what you've all been waiting for. It's, it, the moment has come. The moment has come. So, let's just get into the episode, I think. Shall we just get started? Let's go. Let's go. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. If you are an alien, how come you sound like you're from the North? Lots of planets have a North. Is that a tribal physical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator? Couldn't put it better myself. I mean, you can smell the testosterone. Go to your room! She's an egg. She's an egg. Better to die than live like you, a bitchy trampoline. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. Up we go into time and space! So... Rose, obviously the first episode of Reboot Doctor Who, was broadcast on the 26th of March 2005. It's directed by Keith Boak. I really hope that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, I've not done the research. Uh, and of course it's written, written by Russell T. Davis, my hero, icon. Our, our father, I would say. Raised me genuinely better than my parents did. Do you know what? Raised me. Actually raised me. And it's still a massive crime that I live 20 minutes away from him and I've never seen him. That is actually mad, you know. Side note, listeners, I don't live anywhere near Wales. I live in London, but I have done all of the Doctor Who things before Elliot has. And you live much closer to Wales, which I find hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's like an hour train ride to Cardiff and I've been once. I didn't even see Yanto Shrine. Yanto Shrine is an absolute must-see, side note. But also, it's like, I love how I've been on a Doctor Who bus tour before you. <laughs> but that's, by the way, that's a story for another day, you know? Yeah, you know, it's different to, like, literally trying to hunt Russell T. Davies down in the streets of Swansea. That's true. So, I want to hear what you think Rose is about. Yes. I know what IMDb thinks it's about. But we're not going to do that. No. I want to hear... What you think it's about. Yeah, we're going to give our own little brief synopsis or synopsis. If, if, if there was a new viewer coming in to this show, starting with New Who, how would I, Damler, describe this episode? I would say a girl boss called Rose Tyler is living her life day to day. This mysterious guy comes in when she least expects it and basically changes her life. And... It's a it's a it's a roller coaster to be honest. That's the best way I can pronounce it because if I told someone what actually happened in this episode, it's it's so I feel like it's best to go in just knowing that Billy Piper's there, you know, because if she's not the selling point, then what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, the episode is 
It's called Rose for a reason, right? It's about her. It's about her. It's not about the Doctor. No. We don't, we don't know him. No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No. Who's, sorry, who? Yeah. Sorry, who, what? Who? Who? I could, I could just watch the Rose Tyler show. It'd be fine. Exactly. But okay, so what about you? You give me your... I, you know, I should have, I should have, uh, I should have pre-thought. Uh, yeah, yours is so snappy and so good. Well, no, it's it's about being in the moment. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, uh, you know, worrying age gap romance forms between detective duo. Oh, you went there, bestie. You went there. That I, you know, I, 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 ten rows fine, nine rows kind of creeps me out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, like. The later the the later it gets in the series, the worse it gets. But yeah, what I find absolutely hilarious is that he look. Sorry, Chris, because obviously you're listening, Chris. Chris Eccleston, Chris uh, Chris Eccles, Chrissy Chris, my bestie. Chris Eccleston, famously the biggest fan of Doctor Who. Famously the biggest fan of the Come Along Pond podcast is, you know, looking a bit dusty, crusty. Do you know what I mean? Not using the SPF, not really doing the skincare routine. So, but the thing is, I looked it up and he was like in his 40s. Sorry, again, Chris, bestie, you know I love you. You know I love you. But we're, we're nothing if not honest on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just attack a man's look from his first episode. It's fine. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to go there. I had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that'd be my, my summary is I can't. Yeah, I can't sanction the uh the romance you know i know of course i know of course there's always an age gap because the doctor's you know a thousand years old yeah, yeah but just in terms of how they look it doesn't suit yeah yeah absolutely but what do i know <laughs> what do we know except everything <laughs> yeah except know- everything there is no about doctor who exactly that's why i have a podcast and you don't listener at home do you know what? Stop fucking listening. Get out. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm joking. <laughs> stay, please, God, stay. Yeah, all three of you. All three. <laughs> it's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So we're gonna get straight into it. We're just gonna get straight into it. And I want to kick it off real quick, real freaking quick. Murray Gold already. I'm going. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. That The opening montage of this episode gives me chills every time I watch it. Like, he put his whole Mar- Marusi into this. Oh, Westminster Bridge is a amazing piece of music. It's just so... Nah, it actually, like... It actually gives me chills. And obviously, it's obviously, like, you know, also knowing when you watch it, like, the nostalgia of it. Because obviously now when we watch it, we have that outlook on it because we've seen it what like stupid amount of times but it's such a smart way of starting the starting the episode with a montage I mean something that I mean, does not exist in classic Doctor Who it just wasn't part of TV language at the time yeah um, and it sort of just really quickly introduces you to this sort of more cinematic version of the show by having something as filmic as a montage I mean set to a really amazing piece of score and it does so much world building I just I love it so much Absolutely. And I love listening to that track while I'm out shopping. Yeah. And just living my life. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I remember I used to listen to that track when I would, um, when I would like be on the bus and I'd be like, I am Rose Tyler. I'm literally Rose Tyler. I am her. So I'm going to add it in now because I think it's really relevant. Like literally when I say Rose was the blueprint, 
for my whole life. Like literally. And these when I when we review these episodes and everything, I I'm not biased about anything. I'm very honest. I'm going to keep it real. But I have to put it in here now, just for the sake of being honest. Like I said, if I'm I'm nothing but honest, you know. Billy Piper, Rose Tyler was like my role model for like mm. the majority of my young child when I was a child, like early teenage years yeah. as well. Of course, don't get me wrong, but like literally everything about Rose is just. I just connect with her on on like a very deep level, and that's why I want to say this. I don't I don't know if you noticed this in the first you know the the first like one to two minutes of like you know we're seeing Rose in London. She's girl bossing. She's girl bossing, and you know she's having lunch with her boyfriend at Trafalgar Square, which is really weird because people don't really do that. No. Like I'm just gonna go to Trafalgar Square and have my lunch, but then again she works near there, so you know. I actually, so I work in like TV kind of promo world and my boss, um, basically he told me, cause he found out that I'm a Doctor Who fan because I have a Doctor Who mug at work because I'm unhinged, um, but also extremely cool. And he was like, did you know that I actually worked on, um, Doctor Who? So like I interviewed Chris Eccleston, you know, I like did some B-roll of like that first episode, da 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 da. And then, like, apparently another fun little nugget is that uh, he did had he had to do a 60-second one-take with Russell in the TARDIS explaining what it was, and he did it in one take. Because why? Because he's that bitch. Yeah, because if anyone knows exactly what the TARDIS does, it's Russell. It's fucking Russell T. Davis, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, but, yeah, they were in London doing stuff for it. So, oh, OK. But, yeah, so they did film in London for bits of it, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So continuing from that, like in that montage, something that I noticed, I don't know if you've ever noticed this about it, but when Rose is walking out the shop before she has to go and give Wilson that little package, whatever the fuck that was, receipts, I don't know. He had to do his tax return. That's not our business. It's lottery money. She says so. Oh yeah, it's lottery money. Come on. Imagine watching the episode, Tamla. I still don't really know what that means. No, neither do I. But... There we are. Exactly. But, um, he's, also, he's also the electrician. It says CEO on his door, so I don't know what any of this means. Actually, I've just realised CEO probably means like chief electrician officer or something, but I always think it means you know, you're the head of a company. Ignore yes, me. yes. No, but no, I know yeah. what you mean, though. Uh, I, I, I was a bit confused. But, yeah, so I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, when Rose is walking out, before she gives Wilson the lottery money... Those two girls in front of her do not like her. I'm telling you right now. Like every time I watch the episode, it strikes me. I'm like, Rose is like leaning her head in, and it's like, so what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? She's she's giving me pick me vibes, and do you know what we love that. Um, See, I, I think that this is a perfect early example of sort of the difference of how we are going to watch the show. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't notice that, but what I did notice is that they were very clearly walking out onto what was a very rainy Cardiff High Street. <laughs> um, like it is. Raining so hard, yeah. And it's so midwinter in the high street in Cardiff, Literally. rather than sunny central London. I will say they did give it a good um, because again, when I was younger, I don't, I'm not thinking about filming locations. That's something that's not even crossed my mind. And to me, it did look like a big London like department store. Yeah. As a child, I honestly I believed in the whole conceit, the whole the whole of Rossi Davis's yeah. run that it was filmed entirely in London. Absolutely, like I never questioned it. Like it just, I go with it now. Obviously, you know, especially because it's places that I recognise from visiting and things. And you know, I've seen London now more as an adult. Like, it, I can tell. But as a child, fine. 
But something that's mentioned later that, I mean, ties back into that is uh, there's a line that Jackie says later. She says that working in that store is giving her airs and graces. And yeah. I thought, like, it looks like a sort of TK Maxx. Like, like how how is that giving her airs and graces? It was it's it's giving it's giving Debenhams, but even more shit. Mm. Yeah, like R.I.P. N- yeah, it's not John Lewis. It's it's no John Lewis, and don't get me wrong, I can't be affording John Lewis, you know, but we love it. So obviously, then Rose kind of goes down to go see Wilson and give him the lottery money. The lottery money. Thank thank you. Um and. This whole scene just makes me remember that time I went to... Um, I don't know if you heard about it at the time or if any of the listeners heard about it at the time, but there was a Doctor Who exhibition at, uh, in, like, 2008, I want to say. Huh. And I went then. It was at Earl's Court. I remember so clearly, and it was a really big deal. It was my first, like, thing my dad took me to. It was, like, a really big deal. And I still have photos from it. And I'm like, oh, cute. Um, yeah. And when you walk in... There's like a corridor with all these these like autons on the side. Obviously, they're not moving; they're just mannequins. Um, yeah. But every time I watch this scene when the autons kind of come up, it reminds me of that and how terrified I was. I was literally, I was literally terrified. I think as not as silly as this scene is now to look at, like I think it was so effective as a kid watching it. You know. Yeah. I found it really effective. Like, and another thing that struck me about it was, I, I really wanted to touch on this actually, and I've kind of beautifully segued into it. Well done, me for my first podcast. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> is um, Rose's reactions to staff is so are so realistic, and I feel like mm. Russell really just exhibits how to write he just knows how to write people you know like they're not like you know not to hate on Stephen Moffat this quickly you know what I mean um don't get me wrong I'll yeah I'll work on that I love Moffat don't get me wrong but there's just something about his companions where it's like they're already confident and quirky and they know what's going on it's like well no a real person would be like what the fuck is going on but also like they're not screaming or anything but they're like what's yeah it's like she's like you know I've got the joke hi whatever Okay, and it's like that, you know, her voice kind of cracking. You can see it's like that very typical kind of, it's just very real reaction that she was having to the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, my favourite joke in the whole episode is when she asks, are they students? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That is so, yeah, like, what else, how else are you meant to respond to that, you know? I, I love yeah. that. And I just... What, they're the students? It's and, great. I, and I just also, again, you know, she's about to get chopped in half by a... That that's always been yeah. like okay. What 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 would have actually happened if the doctor didn't turn up? Would her hand yeah, been cut off? Or would have just yeah hit her in the head? Like it probably to be fair, it probably would have hit her in the head and taken her down to mm. that place and then like copied yeah. her or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then obviously Chris, our bestie, comes in and it's just a perfect intro for me. Yeah. I don't know, how do you um, feel about that? I don't know. I I just love it. I just love run. Grabs a hand, run. And it's like, this is, we have set the tone for the show. Run is perfect. I just think it's like, we're not going to have this like grandiose kind of reveal for this character. We're literally just going to go, this is, this is how it goes. We're, go- we're literally yeah. running 24 seven. Yeah. This is 
and it's perfect. This is what he does. He saves people. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have to be happy about it. And, you know, not to keep bringing up how terrified I was when I was younger, but, like, genuinely, when, you know, when they're running down the corridor and they get in the lift and then the autons kind of speed up towards the end and then the hand goes mm. in the lift. Terrifying. Terrifying. And I love that he just rips it out of the socket. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the again, because, I mean, I like the autons as a villain. They look better than they ever have done. Yeah. But there are definitely some shots where it does look like men in sort of rubber bodysuits. Yeah, and they um, all, all... And apparently all mannequins in 2005 look the same and they're from the same manufacturer. <laughs> of course, yeah. Of course. But I just love that bit in the lift because I love... The guy looks really rubbery as yeah. he's like facing the door, but then you get the hard cut where he pulls off what's very clearly like a man's arm in a sort yeah. of rubber glove, and then it goes straight into the hard plastic as he pulls it through the door. And it's great. I love that. You know, it's part it's of the brilliant. charm of the show. You know, it's amazing. But again, I never doubted it for a second as a child. Yes, exactly. I never, you know, I, I think it's different because obviously when I watched this episode last night, I had a bit of a different lens on this time because I always just. Mm. For me, Doctor Who is my comfort show. When I want to rewatch something, I will always rewatch Doctor Who, like without a doubt. Like that is it's my comfort thing, and I never watch it with any. Maybe the later series going down the line, but like more with like Russell's era. Like I'm purely watching it and taking it in. I'm never really noticing these kind of things, and I'm kind of mm. glad. Again, another reason why we started the podcast is to kind of go into these kind of things. And be like, did you clock yeah. that moment when? Because I did. Yeah. But I was going to say, when they're in the lift, something that I really struck me was, and again, like, uh, uh, rewatching the episode made me realise a lot of stuff that I clocked when I was younger, and, like, that that thought got repressed, and now it's been awoken, if that makes sense. It sounds really weird. But, like, when the Doctor says, Wilson's dead, that sent the chill through my body. I'm not going to lie to you. It's so hardcore. Like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm... maybe I actually thought I was too young to watch it at one point because it did genuinely terrify me a little bit. I probably was a bit too young to watch it, but that's by the by. I have good parents. Mind your business. <laughs> it's it's made it's made for kids, kind of, you know? It's But, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on it later, but, like, you know, Russell taught me a lot when I was younger. Yeah. As a kid, like, so just life things. But yeah, well, yeah, and it's it's important, you know, to learn that. You know, death happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a weirdly horrible lesson. That the earlier you learn it, the sort of better it is. Which yeah, it's 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 weird, isn't it? So I've one those Pixar films because they kill off all your favorite characters, and you watch them when you're like four years old. You're like, oh my god. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't have yeah, I didn't have the Lion King to cry about. I had Wilson in Rose to Wilson, cry about. The real yeah. MVP. <laughs> I was sitting here crying over freaking, you know, Rose's hoodies. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're both emotionally very, very stable people. Well, do you know what? We're so stable, guys. Don't worry about us. Okay, mind your business as always. Keep, keep staying in your lane. Don't worry. So about I us. think that that <laughs> that gave you chills for me, and I don't want to spool too far ahead, but I have uh -huh. got tons of notes on what's coming up, except for the fact that I mean. That TARDIS reveal is incredible. Mm. It still gives me shivers now. Oh, yeah. I... Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it's... How do I explain? I think it was a genius... I mean, from an editing standpoint, because I am an editor, again, side note, that, that is my job. Um, 
from an editing standpoint, the way they cut that whole sequence, because again, coming back to how I was a little terrified kid all the time, like literally, I'm such a the p word, honestly, I really am. Um, <laughs> but I remember when obviously the plastic Mickey is coming through, which we'll talk about. Oh my god, we need to talk about it. We need to go. Yeah, into we'll it. talk about plastic Mickey. Um, yeah. So when he's like trying to cut through the metal door. My head is this, right? This is how I am because I'm literally a scaredy cat. Like, I am... We've established this now. I'm like, run, keep running, don't look back. Oh, my God, hide. Just do something. Get out of there. She's literally banging on this door. And I'm like, sis, go into the box. It's safer than trying to stay at that gate thing. Just go in. Just go in. And the way they cut it, it was kind of like just this tension building of like, that thing's going to break in and F you up if you don't hurry up. And then she runs into the TARDIS... You get that one shot of her looking and you don't see anything. Yeah. Beautiful. Mwah. Mwah. Chef's kiss. And then she comes back out and I'm like, bitch, what are you doing? Get back in. Sorry. Sorry. Where's the urgency? Where's Mm. the urgency? But then again, it's like building, building, building. And then, you know, that beautiful bit of music comes in from Murray. And here is where I'm about to expose how fucking... I'm just... I didn't even realise this until yesterday. I'm not joking. You're going to judge me. You're going to judge me. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So Rose comes into the TARDIS. You've got that gorgeous wide kind of that wide that's just building and you can see the whole TARDIS. It's just beautiful TARDIS, which it's my favourite TARDIS. It just is. Yeah. It's my favourite. Yeah. And like Doomsday's playing. The Doomsday theme is playing. How did I not realise that until <sighs> yesterday? Am I stupid or what? I don't even think I clocked it until you said now. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is like Doomsday, but in a sort of minor key, played very slowly. Yeah, but yeah. I've, I never, ever clocked that until yesterday. No. And, yeah, and now no, I'm like, Murray, you are that bitch. You are evil. I just love but Murray amazing. Gold. Murray Gold makes that scene, though. He makes lots of, like, he made like, even bad episodes of yeah. Revived. Doctor Who, he makes very, very tolerable with incredible pieces of music. Absolutely. And the fact that the soundtracks aren't ava- available on vinyl yet is an absolute crime, but we're not going to go there because it makes me really freaking angry. So, I mean, that like that that reveals amazing. But like, even just the when she's coming out of the department store and you have that sort of shot where she goes to walk away, then it blows up and she looks back. Then as she's walking off and you have all the chaos and that going, you just get that shot where the TARDIS is just... Yes. Just in an alleyway, Ooh. and a little bit of the Doctor's theme plays just for a second. Beautiful. And I can't even like. I think the obviously two thousand five is different, and you know, obviously I grew up watching the Rivals, so different. But I, you know, if you were such a big fan of Doctor Who, I should mention that. I mean, that probably would have almost made me want to cry. Probably. Oh my god! Like, yeah. You've I know you've already seen the TARDIS in the opening credits, but like seeing it there and in person and revealed in such a cool way, you probably would just go like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, this is happening. It's a thing we know. I actually, good time to ask you this. For me personally, I, and again, I'm not being biased, I promise you, I promise you, but <clears throat> the, the outside of the TARDIS, the exterior, like my favourite exterior is Nines, I think. Hmm. I, I remember, like, not even really taking that much stock in sort of 
the exterior. And I still don't really like. There are people who will have arguments about the exterior of the TARDIS on Twitter, and like I don't. I have an argument with you right now because I have thoughts about that. But the only thing I vividly remember is as a child feeling very angsty in my very early teenage years and feeling very betrayed at the addition of the St John's Ambulance logo on the thing. Yeah. I was like, that's not not funny. No. It sucks, and I hate it. Uh, but I was a very, very angsty Stephen Moffat hater, so... Well, for me, it was very... The reason I love... And again, so that shot, when you kind of see that shot, it just literally... She just runs past it. It's like, you know, you, you know if you know. The girls who get it, get it, and the girls who don't, don't. Um, but, like, it just made me realise how much I love the exterior of Nine's TARDIS because you know it's gone through some shit. But it's, it doesn't look like absolute dog crap. Like, no offence, like, it did. It does in, you know, the first Doctor's TARDIS looks like absolute dog crap. We've got, you know, we've got the War Doctor, the War Master, the Spy Master, the... Why, why can't we have the War TARDIS? I want the War TARDIS. Do you know what? The War yeah. TARDIS. That's where it's at. That's what they should call it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I agree, like, that one shot, because I think I actually made that note myself, like... It's powerful. And then, like, kind of going in, Jackie, right? We, dear listener, Elliot and I love Jackie to absolute death. Like, I feel like we talk about Jackie at least 20% of the time when we're talking about Doctor Who in general. She's my favourite character. She is... Uh, uh... I actually... I actually get emotional talking about Jackie. I'm not going to cry. Chill. Chill. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. (laughs) Um, But I love Jackie so much. Like... Camille literally nailed that character. Like she, yeah, she ate it up. She really left no crumbs. Like it's just the way she was. Just like I told her, I know. You know, you can get compensation da, 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 and all that. Was it, yeah, was it like yeah, got uh, whatever first got compensation off the council because the woman behind the desk told her she looks Greek and she's like, well, she, is, she Greek, is Greek, but that's not the yeah, point. But that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, you know what, at the time, 2005, that was a joke. But now, in the year of 2022, fair enough, that's racial profiling. Absolutely. We don't... Low-key yeah. racial profiling, yeah. yeah. We don't that guy that. at the council, terrible. Terrible yeah. person. Um, but yeah, just like, you know, because there's all talk about money and they need the money and so, yeah, it's just like something that's been missing from modern Doctor for a very, very long time. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, honestly, I'd say post-Russell T. Davis, honestly, is... Just making the companions feel like... Like, there's no reason why Jackie should have a complete full character arc. Yes. But she does. She fucking does, yeah. Like, she's so amazing and grounded the first time you meet her, and you know that by the end of series four, she's going to have a completed story arc. And it's so amazing. And I just... And I totally agree. And another thing as well that really struck me about watching it again is... Rose comes from an extremely working class background. She it, she's in a council flat, and it just makes you feel like like because I I didn't live in a council house when I was younger, but I I was we weren't well off in any way, shape or form, you know. Bring bring out the violins now, you know. But it just makes you feel like you can do anything. Like Ro- yeah. Rose made me feel like like I don't. It doesn't matter where you come from. Like you can you are extraordinary. And it doesn't it literally doesn't matter, and um. Just a quick side note, like the production design of that flat, I think is great. Like it's so believable. I've been to houses that look like that. And oh, flats. absolutely, yeah. The kitchen, yeah. the kitchen is fucking spot on. I don't know if that's a set. Yeah. I don't know. 
it it must be a set, but but, but that little amazing. that little hole in the kitchen with the little fish tank, perfect. Literally, I've seen <laughs> like that is straight out of two thousand and five someone's house. Like, I think yeah. my um, auntie had something like that. And that's why this reboot works so well because it's so it's not just updated for modern audiences in terms of it it's more cinematic and yeah. the writing is bigger and it's made for modern audiences because Russell T Davies better than I mean anybody who ever held the show previously or since understands the contemporary setting of the show yeah uh, it's amazing I think it, it's brilliant amazing. and I just think like now that we're talking about the house it's like when Nine comes and finds Rose, comes to find her. Spoiler, this is my favourite line, which we'll talk about at the end, but well, actually not my favourite favourite Doctory moment is like, what, what, what are you doing here? I live here. What'd you do that for? Like, that's just brilliant. I just... <laughs> I just the cat flap, everything, just everything about that. I mean, ignoring the really bad green screen, God almighty, but... <laughs> You know. But yeah, like it, having having the cat flap and having to have the cat flap nailed down again is like such good world building because exactly. it proves that they they probably don't own the flat or like they're renting it or it's council owned because they don't have a cat but there's a cat flap. Yeah, exactly. Um, I gotta I gotta say that because I there I have some obviously I have some thoughts on that scene. I watched the episode. We all have thoughts on that. We scene. have thoughts on that scene. But if we're talking about Jackie, unfortunately, we have to talk about Mickey. Yeah. Obviously, on this podcast, we're not going to go in depth about, you know, what happened outside of the actual show. But obviously, just know that, like, you know, when we talk about Mickey and if we like Mickey and we like what Mickey's doing, because obviously we're kind of in this in this instance, we do have to separate the character from the actor. Do you know what I mean? But just know that we're not actually referring to Noel Clark. We're actually talking about Mickey, the character yeah. in the show. Yeah. Um. Very similar the feelings and conversations later on for when John Barrowman comes into the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to condone an actor's Action. offset, onset behaviour, an off-screen persona to enjoy what the character does. But we also don't feel that we should ignore how that's impacted our view of the character. I think ignoring or, it would be really unhelpful and just a bit yeah. ignorant, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. I've got to say, before watching that episode, Mickey, he's just kind of a dickhead, isn't he? No, Mickey's a bit of a dick. And also, who doesn't wash their mug? <laughs> like, I like, just... rinsing your mug. The fuck? Her work has literally just exploded and he wants to go and watch football. Yeah. And... I mean, very believable of, like, a straight guy from 2005. Yeah. Very believable of a straight guy now, to be honest. But yeah, let's be honest. I just watch her, I go, you're such a prick. Like, yeah. just sit with her for, like, an hour. That's all That's all she's asking. I hate it so much. Especially when she goes back to his house to use his computer, because obviously back then, you just forget. Not everyone had a, their phone or the access to the internet. You had to go to internet cafes and things. I think it would have been interesting to see Rose in a little internet cafe. That would have been cute. Um, mm. Like a little, another little yeah. time capsule moment. But, you know, she, and, and, yeah, when she goes to his house and he's like, don't read my email. What's in the email, Mickey? Literally just What's like, happening? Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> I, I just, 
love that him having a computer is enough of a plot point where he becomes the sort of de facto computer hacker for the rest of the series. Yes, I like, love that though. Because I do. he because he owns his own massive PC in the year two thousand five, so he's the hacker. He he had, uh, he is the hacker. Yeah, yeah, which I mean is amazing. It's brilliant. It's... And yeah, I just yeah, I was just thinking, what was in that email, Mickey? And also, why aren't you washing your mugs? Low key, fairy liquid is literally. It's there. Use it. It's okay. It's, come on. Come on yeah. now. Don't be nasty. But do so. Do we? Do we think? And this is something that occurred to me. Going back to cat flap chat. Yes. The most important piece of discussion we could have is the cat flap chat. Um, <laughs> yes. Is it the first time? Now, go with me here, because this. I'm going to go here. This sounds confusing, and even my notes on it don't make sense to me. Is it the first time we have seen, and I think ever see, the effects of the sonic screwdriver from the other side of what it's doing? Oh, shit, hold on. Because you see the nails get pushed out of the, yeah, of the cat flap when yeah. it's been nailed down, which is him using the sonic screwdriver obviously, to get the nails out so he can open the cat flap. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen that. Ever. Oh, no, I don't think so. And it's really bizarre. The only thing we see is obviously when the Doctor's using... Except on wood. Of course. Uh, because it, it's terrible. Um, when the Doctor's using the Sonic and you see the... You just see the door open or a click open or something. Oh, also, another thing. When I refer to the Doctor, if I say he... Um, it's basically because, obviously, at the moment, we're talking about the current incarnation of yeah. the Doctor... Um, yeah, because obviously at the moment the doctor is a she. Yeah, I I just want to make that point because I think it's important to make that point that distinction. No, absolutely. We're talking about the specific the male incarnation of the doctor. Exactly. Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's makes everything less confusing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I think you make a good point. I think that is the first time we actually see the Sonic doing the damn thing. Yeah, because like you say, normally it just swings open. But yeah. imagine if you were on the other side of that and you saw the nails coming out of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool anyway. It is cool. And then the iconic scene that follows. There's a strange man in my bedroom. Yes, there is. I'm in my dressing gown. Yes. Yes. I am. <laughs> Anything could happen. Maybe. No. Maybe. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Listen, it's one of those moments where I have to just forget my moral feelings because it's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, and again, like it gives it gives so much like context to Jackie as a character where you without having to say much, you go, Oh, she's probably she's actually probably quite lonely. Exactly, and you know that she's you know? a single mum. And she's done yeah. an absolutely incredible job of raising Rose, can I just say, because I love Jackie. And it doesn't have to be this really overblown, sentimental, you know, a gag that furthers the Doctor's character because it establishes the Doctor as being basically asexual. Yeah. Which then makes the relationship with Rose more interesting, you know. It establishes that, it sets that up, and it sets Jackie up as being single, and I just think it's very... It's doing a lot of things all at the same time. And we don't need any exposition ramble that we are all too familiar with Mm, at the moment. Which, yeah. let's, not, let's not get into that. No, I, I won't complain about how, you know, now there would be a sort of ten-minute speech from the Doctor explaining how Jackie is a single mum. And how that's so inspiring. Yeah. 
That'd be very, very boring, but it would happen. But, um, yeah, so obviously he comes in, basically pies off Jackie, fair, whatever. You're lost, mate. And um, another thing I love, again, the subtle little moment that I just absolutely love, when when he looks in the mirror and he's like, oh, I could have done better, but the ears. Ears. And it just shows, you know, obviously this is a fresh regeneration. Mm. Which... Ben brings up the question, how did Chris, our bestie, have time to go to the Titanic and then also JFK's assassination and all of that stuff? Like, was that just an yeah, afternoon? Like, like he's not, yeah, like he's not looked in a mirror for all of those times. He's, now's the first time he's ever seen himself yeah. in a mirror. Yeah. So that's the, I it's did kinda, think about that yeah. and I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. I feel like I don't know where the rights were to the show. But the thing is, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because now the more sort of sensical thing to do would be obviously to have you'd either have it be Paul McGann, yeah, in those photos, or you would have him drop the line about the ears and then keep the photos as Chris. I found out something recently. Maybe it's a fact that nobody knows, and I'm divulging now. Well, obviously someone mm. knows it because I found out from someone. But like, anyway, f- fact <laughs> the general factoid moment of the episode. Um, apparently mm-hmm. Paul McGann wasn't acknowledged in proper Doctor Who canon until uh, the human nature and family of blood two-parter when you look in the diary and you see his face oh yeah or, yeah. or is that because, common knowledge and are we, because, am, am yeah. I acting like a twat <laughs> no I do I do remember hearing that so I do remember hearing it somewhere because the, obviously the TV movie happened and then yeah there was internal debates about whether or not the TV movie was canon yes and obviously at the time Big Finish was still doing Paul McGann audios but there was also conversations about whether or not Big Finish is canon. And then, like you say, it's not until he's sketched out in the diary that it's sort of officially confirmed that, oh, well, that did, that did definitely happen. happen. Yeah. Like, but, you yeah, yeah. know, I love... Yeah, no, I love that... Just just that subtle moment, instead of going, you know, doing a big... Making a big thing of it, just a subtle comment, like, oh, my ears are a bit big. Yeah, and he's being he's being quirky. He's having quirky post-regeneration Yeah, energy. and also... Yeah, playing with the exactly. cards. Exactly, so. and also Rose, as every British person does, makes a cup of tea. Yeah, a man just trying to break into your cat flap and make him a cup of tea. I was actually going to say something that immediately struck me. Like, immediately. Mm. Obviously, it's come out in recent years about our bestie Chris... So don't get it twisted. He's our bestie. We love him. He loves us. He didn't have the best time on the show. Mm. I don't know how he he was with Billy Piper. Like Billy's been very private about that. No one's really said anything about that. Like any of the actors who've worked with him, they've kept very stum about it, to my knowledge, unless yeah. I'm wrong. But no matter what happened on set, whatever, they're both incredible actors, and obviously that didn't affect anything. And I just I just can't believe how good their chemistry is. Like Billy and Chris's chemistry. Like, it's insanity. Oh, absolutely. It's absolute insanity how, like, yeah. you just believe it and you're just there for the ride and it's just... Yeah. I mean, I've, like... Yeah, I'm not normally one for technical stuff. But that, that one take of them walking away from the block of flats, I mean, is impressive as hell. Yes. I, so I'm not one of these people who are like, yeah, I see a one take and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, a one take has to serve the story in the scene and I do think it serves the story really well. And it's just amazing how well they play off each other. So good. And that, like, it does such a good job at setting up the character. And in the moment when they stop and he explains about the earth falling and being a kid and he holds her hand, like, I, again, 
I still think about the age gap. Yeah, of course, the very of course. Visible age gap. But I also I completely understand in that moment how she falls in love. Oh my god! Like that must be the that must be the moment where she's just like Ashley, I love you. I <laughs> don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm a oh, I'm a simple I'm a simple girly. I I see I I, I see something like that, and in, I in fact fell in love in that moment. Like you know, I think a lot of my <laughs> we're going to touch on in this podcast many many times about how this show kind of made us realize a lot of things about our ourselves you know and it made this show definitely made me realize that I'm very much a romantic at heart like I'm very like the, the doctor fascinated me from when I was a kid you know um I, don't, I, I wouldn't say I fell in love with the doctor in that romantic way I guess but I think the idea of someone being so intelligent and Bring, do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Like whimsical. I like whimsical people, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't blame Rose for basically on the spot being like, "I fuck with you." I say, especially because you know, to me, for me anyway, you know, Mickey has not displayed much of sort of anything worth being interested about. Yeah, no, Mickey. Honestly, on reflection, you're so right. You are literally spot on. Like, Mickey is just a bit shit. Genuinely. Yeah, I don't I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump all the way to the end. But thanks for what? Exactly. Exactly. Like for what? Incredible. 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 And you know, I I do really genuinely like Mickey as a character. Like I think towards the end, like he becomes one of my fave companions, like genuinely. But at the start, it's like, huh? Which brings me onto a moment that has truly made me shiver. To, to this day, I still shiver when I watch it, and it makes me a little bit sick, but also it's kind of hilarious. And we all know we were going to talk about this moment, so let's go there. Plastic Mickey. What the hell? So, so I think the, I think the bin, personally, the, the scene that turns Mickey into Plastic Mickey is overrated in the pantheon of bad Doctor Who effects. It's not good. No. But I'd, I'd say there are worse effects in this episode. Not pointing fingers, but I'd say that the Photoshop job of the Doctor standing at, at JFK's assassination is genuinely terrible. That gradient, though. That gradient. Yeah, like... <laughs> and I think the bin is interestingly animated yes and it's nowhere near like i don't know how of the fact people are always like how bad does that cgi bin look it's like yeah but it doesn't look as weird as noel clark covered in foundation yeah with a strange hairline yeah can we talk about it's that really though? uncanny can we actually can we actually discuss this in depth because genuinely makes me a little sick it makes me feel sick because it's uncanny valley right that must be why yeah. because i remember like first of all if the bin is shaking around why are you investigating it just leave it alone <laughs> then again i'm that yeah. i'm that typical vegan where i will be like oh no there's a cat trapped i need to help it so i guess it would happen to me mickey's ahead of his time maybe but yeah. I, i'll be honest when there's something suspicious going on i'm usually just like i'm not gonna mess with that that ain't for yeah. me that ain't for me but anyway so obviously mickey goes over to the bin because he's a pick me and <laughs> And he's like, what's going on? And then obviously gets stuck. And yeah, anyway, so it's not scary, but it's strange to say it's the stra- bloody the, least. The choices are strange. Why does he say pizza? Yeah, I don't Why, even want to go what, there. What is that? 
and this is this is the thing. I actually made a specific note about this, and I'm going to read it verbatim as well for that whole scene. Okay. The bin burping, lol. Okay. See, mine mine says <laughs> I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind the joke, but I could do without the burp. Yeah. Sorry. No, fully, but it's it's a it's a very much an LOL moment for me. Um, okay. But yeah, it's like also, how did Rose? not notice anything weird going on like you've just right so if i just got into the car with my partner and i looked over at him and i saw that suddenly his hairline was pinned straight and his so um my boyfriend has very curly hair and if it was suddenly just like like ken barbie doll kind of like really perfect pin do you know what i'm saying do you know what i'm saying yeah you'd notice You'd notice, and also especially if he's going pizza, pizza, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what, ah! what the hell's going on? Yeah, like what are you and doing? Then, and then they drive off down the street, and the car, yeah, yeah. the car's like, just, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. the car's just going woo, and it's like, I'd be like, are you, are you okay? I almost wonder for a little bit though. Is I almost wonder for a little bit though. Is sort of Rose just being a bit sort of like sick of him like like their relationship's not particularly exciting or interesting and she only notices when something's up when he keeps saying darling sugar babe sweetheart <laughs> in sort of bizarre voices I don't... and oh my god I've, I've unlocked a new ick i've unlocked a new ick me saying me saying all those words no 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 okay. mickey okay mickey right, is okay, my yeah. ick right now yeah you can never be my ick Thank you. No, but I should never say darling sugar babe, sweetheart. No, I don't. Um, Please never say it again. No. <laughs> like, that's the only time she notices that something's up. And part of me just wonders is like, if she's just so literally disinterested in what they're talking about. Yeah. He's literally trying to get information on the doctor. He's like, yeah, tell me, tell me what he's doing. And she's just like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, she's not listening. She don't care. Like, Do you know what? That there's girl one... wanted Chinese and she got back to a pizzeria. There's, there's one line. And she's like, oh, sorry, was I talking about me for a second? I was like, that's right, bitch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Too damn right. You were talking about yourself for a second. Sorry, you nearly got blown up in a shop. He wanted to go watch football. You, you know, and then suddenly there's this man that's very mysterious and you've gone to this weird guy's house and everything's going on in your life right now. And God forbid you talk about yourself for two seconds. Gosh. And of course, it's the first, the, the first Russell T. Davies chip mention because he loves chips and, and she says am i gonna work in a canteen shoveling out chips and you know what i wanted to make another i actually made a note about this as well the emphasis on food in the first mm. i want to say in the first series actually we, we will talk about this more in depth as the episodes go on but i love the emphasis on food in the first series especially like chips right Okay, I'm going to go there. <laughs> chips are my favourite food. They just are. Like, fish and chip shop chips. Like, chips. Mm. Not That's fries. Not fries. No. Chips. Yeah, proper chip shop chips. Loads of ketchup. Lovely. Like, Salt and vinegar. Could just eat that for dinner. I just love the emphasis on food in it. Because, mm. again, it builds that kind of world where it's like you know i remember again when i was younger i don't know about you but like when we would get like t you know you get like takeaway night we would mainly get chips because that's what we could afford you know just building that kind of world of like yeah well this is 
this is what we eat and this is what we like to enjoy eating because that's what we can afford. Um, but also, we're not complaining because they're the best. Mm. And I love that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to make yeah, the same point. Right? Like, it's it's They like them because they can afford them, but it's also like that's the sort of the nicest treat they can afford. You know, if you're absolutely making yeah. lots of if you're making lots of money spending two pound fifty on a portion of chips, like not that expensive. If you're sort of living paycheck to paycheck, two pound fifty on you know one one ingredient of part of your dinner is a lot of money. Exactly. You know, so yeah, but also not a outrageous amount of money at the same time. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm you know you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But yeah, it's. Yeah, so, God, where were we? Plastic Mickey chips. So, Jesus. Plastic Mickey chips. I mean, I like I like the doc. I like the doctor disguising himself as a waiter. That's Your champagne. So it's very funny, and the cork going off in the head is also Oof, very funny. That was, yeah, not a great effect. Do you know what I? When Plastic Mickey chases them, and obviously you know the doctor pulls off his head and takes the head into the TARDIS, whatever. Okay. When that head melts, mm. I had. <laughs> I'm such a sensory person. I just wanted to touch it. Like, okay, every time I show it, I'm like, oh, it's so squishy. Oh. I want to touch it. Yeah. I don't I... know why I always thought. For me, for, <laughs> me, for me, the most appealing thing about the fake Mickey head, other than looking amazing, is I. If I have a favourite character in this episode, other than, you know, you know the Doctor and Rose, it's when the doctor rips the head off and there's that guy who just gives the best scream of his entire career. The best scream. Like he's like, he's given the best before he gives the best performance of any actor in that episode. I'm going to cut it yeah, in right now. I think you should. It is literally my favorite thing in the episode. Don't think that's going to stop me. It's so good. It's so perfectly timed because he rips it off and then there's like a two second gap before the guy just like, ah, and it's, it's mm. so good and it's so dramatic. It's perfectly timed. But same thing though, right? You say, right? The, the plastic Mickey's hand turns into a giant chopping block. And when he goes through the table, you go, oh, wow, that's really cool. But like you say, how is he going to kill them Yeah. with what's essentially just a big chopping board for a It would probably just hand. cause, you know, you'd get a bit of a concussion, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. My next point is something I'm actually interested in hearing you talk about. Uh-huh. So I don't just want to keep taking the lead, but uh, I genuinely never get tired of. And I know we touched on it a bit earlier. I never get tired of the companion seeing the TARDIS for the first time and doing the sort of little run around the outside where they're like, "But it's just a box." And then I, it's so cliche. It's so love, good though. I love it so much. I will say, Roses isn't my favorite one of those little spins around the TARDIS. My favorite is actually Clara. Oh. Oh, Ooh. controversial opinion. Um, in the snowman. Is it the snowman or the snowman? Snowman. When they're on the cloud mm, and yeah. she's running around. I just think that whole bit is hilarious. That's my favourite. But Rose's one is up Mine. there, definitely. Mine's whichever, whichever, I can't even remember which companion. It must, might be from one of the specials, might be from Donna's first one. I can't remember. Just whenever, whenever someone says it's bigger on the inside and you watch Tenant mouth along with it and he goes, is it? I never noticed. Very That's, good. hang on. Let me go into the recess in my brain because it's going to bother me otherwise. It's Martha, I think. It's mm, Smith maybe. and Jones. Yeah. It's Martha. 
And okay. he mouths it so perfectly. Yeah, I love that. But you yeah, know, when you see it, uh, you know, and do you know what? I just think Rose's reaction. I just honestly, Billy, just Billy Piper in this episode is so fantastic. And this is like her first proper acting role because she had just come off of a really successful singing career. Yeah, I mean, she was like a completely ridiculously controversial casting choice. She's not known for her acting career at all. No, she's, and, a, pop, she's a pop star. And side note, guys, uh, do stream Day and Night by Billy Piper because that's a fucking banger. And Honey to the Bee. Honey to the Bee and Because We Want To. Feminist anthem, Potential? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe that should become the, the theme. Yeah, why are we doing this podcast? Do you know what? That's going to be the new theme. Guys. Because We Want To. Because We Want To. Because We Want To. Hey, hey. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah um, <laughs> I just think she was so good in this episode because all of her reactions, obviously it's also partially down to the writing of what she's saying, but like she she balances the perfect mix of looking overwhelmed but mystified mm. at the same time and curious. And that's why it's so amazing because I think you can play with the formula of the companions in the TARDIS for the first time, but the Doctor gives it that right level of you know, being very serious. He's got his hands in his pockets. He's giving that very sort of serious Chris, Chris Eccleston sort of, you know, like, yes, I'm an alien. Yes, this is a spaceship. You know, like, he understands it's a lot for her to take in, but I love that she cries. Yeah. The idea of being inside a spaceship is like overwhelming her to the point where she has to cry and I think that's very important and being angry at him for not caring about the fact that Mickey's maybe died is also very interesting I think because you do kind of get swept up in the adventure and you also don't care and it's why it's good to have characters like Rose to sort of take you back and to think you know hang on like this guy could this guy could be dead this is genuinely very important absolutely and something I realised like really realised is you know in Journey's End, when yeah, they're not ten two, but um, the the uh, the clone, but original Doctor, and he's like, you know, when I when you first met me, I needed you because I was full of like revenge and I was bitter and all of that stuff. I'd say very much now, I couldn't see like someone like Matt's Doctor or like late David Tennant's era seeing someone like Mickey dying and it, him just not caring and like kind of always adds no. like he's a he's a spoiler of war you know like in war people die whatever that kind of yeah. thing you know um like i can imagine matt stockster being like well i absolutely must find where mickey is right now because i'm not having it yeah and i love and i yeah i love that the brashness and like you say the war tornness of like yeah well i don't care i've got i've got to save the world exactly doesn't doesn't matter but you don't know what i've seen because i've literally just i've Rose, don't know if you know this, but I've just been through it. I've really been through it. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been in, through the ring re- Like, relatively compared to everything else that's going on, the time war is so much more important than... Exactly. ...what's happening here. Yeah, I mean, he calls them stupid apes. Exactly. And then, like, obviously when they come out on um, near uh, the River Thames, that that was filmed in London as well. See, um, I think the shots of them running... Is it, is, it London, is it London Bridge, the one that's by Parliament? Yeah. There? Like the shot of them running, that's definitely London. But then I think the shot, the shots of them standing on the Thames when, um, the London Eye is behind them. Some of that looks like blue screened. See, I I looked up Doctor Who Confidential from back then, which is kind of hard to find from Series One. But I did find it, and I think they did they did film that in London, I believe. Okay, to be honest, it's hard. To, sometimes it's hard to tell because of, you know, they're being shot on Betamax tapes. Yes. Like, the background is very bright and very lit, and it's hard to tell what a sort of matte lines where they've been imposed over blue screen backgrounds or yeah. when it's just 
sort of the camera quality is just kind of a bit shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. It can be it can be hard to tell. Exactly. But yeah, I just yeah, they come out on so if they come out to River Thames, you know, you've just got that brilliant little interaction. Again, just their chemistry is fire. It really mm. is. And it's just, you know, Rose being like, You forgot him again, like I have to tell his mother. She was kinda of annoyed about it. it was like that little eye roll, I clocked you, Rose, I clocked you. <laughs> she's like, I have to tell his mother eye roll and it's like, Oh I sent some tension. And, I want to know more. Yeah, and then And as I'll... you know, um, sorry. No go on. Uh well, just as you know, my favourite line potentially for the whole series is if you're an alien, how come you sound like you're from the north? Yeah. Lots, Lots of planets have a north. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's iconic, funny. It's brilliant. And that's why yeah. the intro that I did for this pod, for this ser- for series one, it has it in there because I love it so much. That's my only stipulation. Was, can we get that line in there? Yeah. And I love, I love to, I love her little sort of sassy arm fold and like, yeah. Sort of almost like schoolboyish kind of like at her arm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's true. Um, that whole scene's just great though because then you get the joke about the transmitter, which is wonderful. Yeah. Oh, know. it's brilliant. It's where it's just like. It's big transmitter, it has to be round, and it must be completely invisible. And Rose is like, bitch, listen, I know that I'm not a time traveller, but I have a brain, right? That's, yeah, that's the thing, it sets her up as being, it sets the Doctor up as being sometimes too hot-headed and too irrational to actually be able to think about things, and sets her up as being genuinely very intelligent. Yeah, You absolutely. know, just because, like you say, she's not a time traveller, she is a very intelligent young woman. Exactly. And it's very important. And you get it in a great joke as well. And him going, oh... Fantastic is. Oh, Chris, we love you. We do love you, babe. We do. But you know that because we're best friends, so. <laughs> oh, um, God. I don't think, honestly, though, very, just not to do with the episode, but we've mentioned, we've talked about this before, just us two, but like, I don't think I could ever meet Chris Eccleston because I'm scared that he would, I would just be so overwhelmed. Well, that's the thing. I feel like I would love to meet him, but I, would, I wouldn't want to meet him in sort of a Doctor Who fan context yeah because I mean I like him for so much else besides but also I feel like he would be very nice but he's also probably just a bit sick of people being like yeah I love Doctor Who yeah you know but I also wouldn't want to go to like a Doctor Who convention I mean I you know I mean, I'm not really into conventions anyway but I wouldn't want to go to a Doctor Who convention pay to meet him and then be like yeah oh I, I, I love uh, you know I love our friends in the north which I do it's great but it's so weird it's such a stupid thing to do no, I know. Yeah. I actually, like, uh, randomly, um, I was actually looking up LFCC, so London Film and Comic Con yesterday, and seeing, because I was like, mm. I used to I used to do conventions a lot, actually. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, I've met Matt, Jenna, um, at conventions before, and my photos are actually horrific. I can't even look at them. Um, I've, n- I've never met a single member of the Doctor Who cast. Have you not? not oh, well, that's one. interesting. Do you think you'd be too overwhelmed? Depends who it is. Because I'll tell you what, when I met Matt Smith, I was overwhelmed. I was just Again, like, there's some... Like, part of the reason I'm glad that I've never met Russell T Davies is because, like, I can't... It I'm would sorry. be too weird. Yeah, like, I couldn't say to him, you know, thank you for shaping my childhood. Thank you for making me the sarcastic piece of shit I am today and yeah. the absolute bisexual piece of shit I am today. But I also feel like you'd kind of enjoy it at the same time. You probably would. But, you know, yeah. I remember, like... Because uh, there was a, an opportunity to meet David Tennant and Billy Piper a few years back. 
I think it was Wales Comic Con. So it would have been, I mean, at the time I wouldn't have been able to afford to get, a, I didn't have a job at the time, but um, getting a train up to Wales to do the Comic Con and then also pay for the photo op to meet the two of them. But I genuinely didn't do it because the thought of meeting Billy Piper and David Tennant blew my little mind. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, so I never, I mean, I never was particularly, I, David Tennant's objectively a very handsome man. I was never particularly attracted to David Tennant, personally. Just not my kind of man, but I would be too overwhelmed to meet Billy Piper in person because I just want to tell her how how much I fancy her. Yeah, the one when I <laughs> Sec- security would be dragging me away. No, this is true because yeah, she is very, very, very fit. But it's also for me, it's like because the, those two, especially because, like I said, you know, we're not talking about series two, but like just side comment, like. Series, I started in series two and those two humans have shaped my life so much and they mean a lot mm. to me and they will never know that they will, ne- they, they will never truly appreciate how much they, they mean to me so the thought of standing next to them taking a photo I would look a mess I'd look unhinged I wouldn't I'd probably <laughs> faint I would probably faint I actually before I, right I love Matt Smith don't get me wrong he wasn't my first doctor he, 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 he means a lot to me but he doesn't mean as much to me as David Tennant and Billy Piper even before meeting him, I felt ill. Like, I, I think I actually vomited that morning. I was so excited. Oh, that, that was something to admit online, wasn't it? Oh, maybe not, Damla. Maybe not. No, I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to keep it in. Um, <laughs> so the thought of meeting those two, I'd be an absolute flipping mess, to say the least. Yeah, Jesus. But yeah, um, God, where was I? So bringing it back to the episode... Low key. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my favourite lines in the whole episode, not my favourite line, we'll get to that again at the end, when they're talking about the plastic coming to life and if they don't stop it. I think we've got the exact same note. Yeah, the the breast implants. Amazing. Amazing. A line I forgot, a line I forgot about. Same. So did I, yeah. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. My, yeah, my note just says, she's that bitch. She's that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. She's that bitch. And then obviously the anti-plastic. Love that. What is anti-plastic? What is anti-plastic? Anti-plastic is that bitch. <laughs> Quite just, simply. Just just a vial of blue stuff. Vial of blue stuff that stopped. Also, it's like the doctor. Yeah, I have to kind of question him a little bit here. Sorry, but it's like. I, I didn't come here to kill it. I came here to reason with it. Then why did you bring the anti-plastic? I know it was a safety measure, but still... Yeah. That's that's a bit dodge, if you ask me. I do like that sort of when he first reveals it, you think, oh, he's going to go kill it. And then sort of later on, he's like, no, no, I'm using it for... Yeah, I wanted to use it for leverage, you know. I do like that he's trying to find a diplomatic yeah. way around it. But yeah, you're right. It does feel like sort of, it's just so obviously they can kick the anti-plastic into it of later course. anyway so you know it's it's very um not amazingly consistent but like it's something i kind of wanted to uh, touch on anyway i guess now's as good a time as any to like i think that the show now gets a lot of flack for how the doctor resolves maybe issues with things yeah and i do think that they do often rely conveniently now on just, oh, the Doctor, like, kills everything and wins. And I do see that as a valid criticism. 
And I do think, oh, yeah, it used to, it did used to be a lot less like that, you know, the Doctor just wouldn't, like, kill something. And then I also go all the way back to episode one and I watch it and I go, they literally murder what could be, like, the last of the nesting consciousness. Yeah. In cold, in cold blood. Literally like, in cold I, blood. So I can't ever get too upset about when, like, Jodie Whittaker eradicates a fleet of Daleks because, <laughs> you know, they were killing they were killing nesting consciousnesses way back in series one. So. Or Dan just, like, killing a sea devil in cold blood straight up. I mean, I really hated that. But, you know, that's, yeah. that's why we talk about Legends of the Sea Devils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 L- yeah. L- let's wait until we get to that whenever yeah. that is. I will need Jeez. to be drunk. I, think. I will need to be so intoxicated. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, like this, it's definitely inconsistent now. But like, I do just think that sometimes people make too much of a big deal about it, and it was very clearly there from the start of the reboot, which yeah. is yeah. But then you know, it's a lifelong tradition. Colin Baker used to just shoot Cybermen down with guns. Yeah, and strangle people. And strangle Perry, you know, poor Perry. Poor Perry. <laughs> you know. Um. But yeah, so something that is ever more prevalent when I rewatch series one, as I always do because I love it so much, is mm-hmm. that Chris, again, our bestie, um, I'm saying that's annoying, um, <laughs> Chris really knows how to talk to inanimate objects. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. the, 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 our guy, my guy, Chris, is really standing there talking to a vat of definitely nothing, obviously, because living plastic doesn't exist, but just talking to thin air and really just doing it, like really just giving it, like, you know, in Dalek when he's talking to... The Dalek. Yeah. You know, like, it's just mad. It's the way he, yeah. You know, the way he's just, like, speaking to it and he's like, I am talking. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, you could put the camera just on Chris and he would sell anything. He could sell anything. Yeah. And then another one of my favourite lines of the episode, shunt off. <laughs> Would you just shunt off? Brilliant. I love it. I the the weird thing about because yeah, the CGI on, on that is not amazing, but the weird thing about it is I remember uh, right at the end watching the credits and it's like you know voice of the nesting consciousness Nicholas Briggs. I was like, did was, was there a no, voice? No, did he? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I know Nick Briggs does all of them. He does the Daleks, does the Cybermen, he does literally every voice for the show, but like. Did did they really need to bring Nick on board to record that? Because he doesn't say anything really. <laughs> he basically just goes. Ree, ree. They could have hired me. Do you want a little eight year old you? Literally, I would have been fantastic. <laughs> Missed opportunity. You, you do occasionally look like the nesting consciousness. That's rude. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I look like a vat of plastic, everyone. You heard it here mm-hmm. first. This this podcast is very much anti-plastic. We are at we're we're so anti-plastic. So anti-plastic. I love. Um, I, I want I want to move on, but I can't leave behind sure. the fact that it was very very wonderful to see early two thousands, very light touching commentary on like global warming and pollution. Oh yeah, because he says about. Now, you know, the nesting consciousness loves Earth because of the toxins and the vapours and everything. And, you know, for 2005, that's a pretty a pretty bold statement, actually, to be making. The toxins and dioxins in the air. I always to- remember that for some and reason. Dioxins. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's a, word. a bit like commentary. Now I feel like that would be the thrust of the episode. But, you know, it's nice to have it thrown in. Yes, absolutely. Because it adds a bit of, bit of texture. 
a bit of texture, but no, I think I I do think it's good. I just Rose's superhero moment. So yeah! I I love that anyway, but I can't I couldn't help but watch it and think of how much you were loving the cross cutting of Oh my god her, her saying a line the gut the Auton guns opening yeah. reaction shot of Jackie yeah. her saying a line Auton guns Jackie Why do you know like, me so well? Because that is I mean, literally Yes. It's great. It's probably it's probably the best moment in the episode. It, it holds up as, as really good editing still. Like, it's it, it's still great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And, you know, she's got the bronze. I love that. That's the thing I love as well, that she has that, like, superhero moment and she's like, you know, I haven't got any qualifications over you, but, you know, I've got, you know, I did the gymnastics and then, but the fact that she didn't even win, she got bronze. And she that's enough bronze. to give her And that's confidence. enough. Because you're still it. in the top three. Exactly, bronze is very, very good. And um, embarrassingly, when I was a bit younger, I actually didn't think she was saying bronze. I thought she said, I've got the bonds. The bonds? So, like, I thought it was a thing of, like, I'm like James Bond. That's what I thought she was saying. Oh, I, got, I got the bonds, yeah. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. Do you know what? Change it, Russell. It's better. Yeah. The way I said yeah. it. Well, that's our new saying. That's our new saying. We've got um, the bonds. I love that scene with Jackie. I love... What I presume is probably a homage to Spearhead from Space when they cut through the glass with their hands, you know, very iconic. Yeah. I hate that they kill Clive. Um, well, does not deserve it. Lovely man. I'm gonna I would like to see him come back. I'm going to disagree with you. Can I tell you why I disagree with you? Yeah. I really like Clive, and I think it was so brutal that he got killed when he just realised that everything he was researching was actually not bogus. I mean, but but the reason I think it was good is because it it took it from kids sci-fi show to okay we're going to deal with some actual real topics here and we're actually going to bring death into this and it just it shifted the tone ever so slightly and I think it was necessary from a character story tone perspective it's the perfect choice from me watching it as a very emotionally stable person in my mid twenties. I don't like it, I get sad. No, it is sad because it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like the Jonathan Larson effect in a weird way. You know, the mm. guy who wrote Ren and created Ren and then the night before the Broadway preview, he died. Mm. Yeah. Which is it's absolutely, sad. and it's kind of like that. It's probably a bit of an extreme example, but you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like you say, realising yeah, there's a, there's a sort of poetic irony, isn't there, and finding out that aliens are real, but those aliens are there to kill you. Yeah, it literally kills you in that moment. Yeah. And it's his um, face as well. Mm. Yeah. And can I, can I just say, I also think that I've been in, presumably, that Cardiff-based shopping centre. Oh, have you? <laughs> like, I, I assume it's the one I'm thinking of in Cardiff, probably at night. And I, went, I think I've been in there. I've been past it, I think, because on that Doctor Who bus tour I went on, the guy was like, if you want to go to that, that um, shopping mall that... Jackie was running around in, then feel free. It's just there. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it's, just a sh- it's just a shopping centre. It's just a shopping centre. So, they kill the nesting consciousness. Whatever, you know, all the plastic melts. Well, it, yeah, it stops. I I love, I don't know if you noticed, I absolutely mm. love how on that trip back, you know, because they find Mickey alive in, yes. in the, the room of fire. I adore... 
how just at home Rose is in the TARDIS. And she's only had one trip, but she's just there. And he's freaking out and she's like, yeah, it's cool. It's Killed cool. Killed an alien. Killed an alien. Look at this. It, it is what it is, Mickey. And if you don't, if you don't want to get, if you don't want to go and come on board, then if you're not ready for the ride, if if you can't, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, Mickey. Okay. <laughs> it's it's gonna be the trip of a lifetime. Maybe the trip of a lifetime. I just yeah, I think that whole, obviously when he drops her back into that little alleyway, um, which is mm. a really weird little alleyway. There's like little shops and things there. Like I've always found that a bit weird. Yeah, it's a strange little thing. It's a strange little place, but you know. I'm not a location scout. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I can find anything better. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, he drops her back and it's just like, you know, classic. So, do you want to come with? And that just that whole bit. It's great. It's cheesy, but I love it. It's that I think it would... I don't think it would work if she was just like, oh, yeah, go on then. And I, I just love the... I love the... Dematerializing, then coming back, and he doesn't have to. He doesn't even have to prove that it travels in time. But she's so ready that all he has to say is, "By the way, did I also mention that it travels in time?" And yeah. then she's like, "Oh, it, oh." Well, actually, then obviously yeah. that plays into an episode later on as well. Yeah, spoiler alert. I love Father's Day, but I'm not going to say anything more. But yeah, it plays into that episode when obviously. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to. We're going to continue. We'll play, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Of but, course, of course. But yeah. um... Yeah, I just and then she that that slow mo run, cheesy as hell, but it's amazing. Cheesy as hell, and then that awful next time trailer, flipping heck. Hot, hot take, potentially revealing hot take for the next episode. Oh crap! I don't, I I don't think there's a way that you could ever make the end of the world look like a good episode of Doctor Who. Oh, <laughs> even even in the next time trailer. Well, well, <laughs> that's an opinion. Hey. Hey. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode that you need to subscribe so you can listen to. Yeah, if you're listening to the download, get set about how much I don't like End of the World, then <laughs> if that's not worth listening to, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Honestly, it's it's entertainment at its finest. But yeah, <laughs> no, that, that next time trailer is shocking. Hot take, the best next time trailer, the two best, or like what's coming up in the series trailers, is in series mm. four and series five, finally. My favourite, and again, I'm not going to reveal my hand here early about what episodes I do and don't like, but the trailer, the next time trailer at the end of The Impossible Planet uh, to give you up for Satan Pit is yeah, actually amazing. So good. Um, um, I have a lot of thoughts about trailers. So Yeah, yeah. I feel like we, we could end up talking about trailers for ages because there's also something that we used to talk about a lot exactly just, just trailers just trailers love we trailers. get together and watch trailers yeah love trailers but yeah i overall i just i i think it's such a great introduction to the series and what we're now gonna discuss is we're gonna do this in every episode we're gonna talk about our standout moment of the episode our moments that didn't work our most doctory moment and our favourite line, and then we'll give it a rating out of five. I think, actually, it's probably something we didn't even get to touch on in the scene, and because I kind of wanted to save it. I really love, and it's really stupid, I love the low-angle shot of 
9 being held by the two Autons as the sort of metal wall gets pulled back and you see the TARDIS trapped in the thing when they're sort of confronting the nesting consciousness. That's your stand-up moment. Threatening to destroy. I love it. It's just an amazing shot. Like, weird sort of Dutch angle, low angle of Christopher Eccleston, like, framed in front of that sort of, like, warm glow from the TARDIS as it's, like, surrounded by fire. Just looks really cool. Absolutely love it. I, 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 I love that shot. And then, like, there's another kind of similar one. Not as good as that, but, like, you know when Rose is looking at him... Mm. while he's being held by the two Autons. And the light of the TARDIS is holding her, kind of. I think yeah. that's a pretty cool shot. I'd so maybe say... if it had to be, like, a scene, it would have to be that whole scene, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, good choice. Good choice. My favourite my favorite stand-up... My, my stand-up moments of the episode is probably the, the introduction to the TARDIS. That whole... That, and mm. then a bit of the chat that comes after when they're near the Thames. I just think that is, like... The, the whole vibe of that episode is in those moments for me. Absolutely. And I love it. What's a moment for you that didn't work, Elliot? Uh, if there is any. I mean, there's lots of little individual things that don't quite work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, nothing that ruins nothing that ruins the episode, nothing that ruins the episode, but there's lots of individual little things. I'll go, oh, that doesn't quite work. You know, the blue screening here looks a bit ropey. I would say... And again, I don't know. It's not. It's not nothing to do. You know, it, it's nothing to do with my informed opinion about the actor. I just say Mickey. Mickey is just a really flat, uninteresting character in this episode. That's Personally, fair. he doesn't have any, he doesn't have anything to do. Anytime he's on screen, it bores me and annoys me. Um, or it's the fact that Rose is very intelligent and I love her, but she literally googles the word doctor and then gets annoyed that at the research results that come up. <laughs> like. Come true, on. true. If you Google the word doctor, it's going to be about men with PhDs, not not you know, this specific man in a blue box. If you're like, doctor man, it's going to be just, you know, people trying to sell you medicine online. It's true. No, it's true. <laughs> I I actually, when I was, um, again, when I was younger, I actually did the exact same search stuff that she did on Google to see what would come up. And Amazing. someone recreated the website. That's really cool, actually. I actually will send you the link. Yeah, please do. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, because I didn't even know that existed. I want to see Maybe it doesn't now. exist anymore, I don't know. But I'll look it up, and if it does exist, I'll link it. You must be able to see it in like, the Wayback Machine or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, um, but I'd what's say a moment f- for you that didn't work? What's a moment for me that didn't work? I really don't like when Jackie's kind of running around the place. Because mm. she looks idiotic. And I know that sounds really yeah. harsh, but like it's like when she's like one moment that really stands out of it is like you know she first sees the auto and then she screams, which I kind of hate. Is when she like throws her bag for no reason. <laughs> like you wouldn't just throw your bag. I onto the I escalator. Like because like, she's she's been set up to be kind of really cool and kind of, you know quite a strong character, and it's a shame that she could, she runs around and screams. I will say I do always get a bit of a chuckle out of her just. No, it's funny. Bags. Like it's, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It is funny, and then I'd say like kind of a little bit combined with that is the. I mean, no, maybe not because I do find it funny now. It's classically of you know the plastic Mickey. I do, I do think it is. It, it's charming it's, in a way. Yeah. It's quite funny. Um, yeah, I think if it if it wasn't for the scene in the restaurant where he's much better, it would not come together. Yeah. But he's quite good in the restaurant as opposed it's the, to at dinner. I think the uh, pizza the line was just silly. But the babe, sugar, darling, whatever, that's funny. I find that endlessly hilarious. 
Yeah, especially because the weird editing on it. And it's the little smile at the end, and he's like, "You can't, you guys can't see us. Um, we're on video chat." But it's when he's like, "Yeah, you get the sort of his voice is modulated, and then he sort of like I could swear is there like a little ding sound effect yeah. as he sort of gives like a pearly white smile." Yeah, yeah. I just love Why that. Not? I love that. Yeah. Why not? Cool. So your most doctory moment, pal. Oh, I mean, there's there's so many. I feel like. It's gonna go. It's gonna be combined, I guess, with my standout scene. It's because I feel like everybody's gonna think, "Oh, it's him doing his regeneration. It's him playing with the cards. It's whatever." And those are perfectly valid options. But I gotta say, I, it is him trying to find diplomacy. How can a giant vat of plastic live harmoniously on planet Earth? Like, it's so encapsulates the character, or it encapsulates the character in a way that's actually interesting, right? Because people think of the Doctor and they think quirk. They think bouncing around, running around the place. And that's absolutely fine, and that is part of the character. But a bigger part of the character is this kind of good moral compass of trying to make sure that everybody lives and everybody can live peacefully. And that's really important. But that's there in the first episode for me. Ding, ding, ding. We have a match. Because I said the same thing. I said, the doctor reasoning with a vat of living plastic. I mean... Sounds so stupid. But it's just so... But it's great. It's so doctory. And then another one is, uh, I guess this is more of the most nine moment, I guess, because it's very of his doctor when he's like, mm. what, what, why do you live here? What are you doing that for? Why, why would you live here? And when he like, knocks from the head to make sure she's not plastic. Yeah, exactly. That, just yeah. that whole... Like, it, 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 was, it was actually, it's a little bit Matt Smithy, actually. I can imagine mm. Matt Smith being like, what would you do that for? No, but it's that kind of sardonic Eccleston way of delivering it, where he's not. Yeah. He doesn't. He he doesn't seem genuinely quirky and sort of like, oh, I'm a weird alien. He just seems like he's been like, but why? It's annoying. It's annoying. Why did you have to do that? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um. Okay. So favorite line. There's a lot to pick from. There's, I mean. There's a lot to pick from. I think I'm gonna have to go with the one that jumped straight into my head. When I was, because I was trying not to think about it at the time, because I was like, I could write so many down. It's the one that has jumped into my head after watching the episode. It might be, I'm the doctor, by the way. I'm Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I just, one. With, the, with the bomb in his hand, it's very, yeah, also potentially doctory moment, but it's such it's a perfect. lovely little, like, oh, yeah. It's perfect. It is. And the way, the way Chris says, run for your life is. His accent is everything in this. Yeah. Get ready for terrible, terrible, terrible Christopher Eccleston impressions. Can't wait. And even worse, David Tennant impressions. Oh my God, the David Tennant ones, guys. You are in for a treat, let me tell you. Oh, they're so bad. My Lord. I love them, though. I can't get enough. <laughs> I can't get enough. I love it. So, what was your favourite line? My favourite line, it just has to go to this one, because I think I quote it regularly. I've got the bronze. It's my favourite. I just love it. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. I'd, I'd say the close second is shunt off because it just made me laugh. <laughs> Can I suggest Amazing. you shunt off? A runner-up a runner up would definitely be the... Uh, again, I was trying not to think of a line that we talked about earlier, but uh, a runner-up would be the thanks for what? Nothing. Yeah, it doesn't. Exactly. It's just a good line. It's such a good line. Yeah. Too I many good it. lines in this episode. Too many. So... Scoring the episode out of five, I would have to say, for me, for me, I'd give it a four out of five. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I... no, no, no. I'm going to change my answer. Four okay. and a half out of five. 4.5 out of mm. five. Mm. Oh, I... Oh, no, I think, I think maybe four. I think maybe just four. Okay. It's because I like it and I enjoy it and it goes by very quickly. But it also... It, it, I think it's memorable by way of being the first episode of the revival. Yeah. If it was slotted into the middle of a series, it'd be one of those episodes that you'd watch and you'd go, oh, I kind of forget how fun this is, but you'd never actually make this an effort true. to rewatch it. Maybe I regret my change, but I'm going to stick with hard. my guts. No, uh, but it's so loaded with context, this episode, right? Whereas, like, immediately, as soon as we get into the next episode, it's like, you know, oh, now I have no nostalgia tied to this. Whereas, you know, when it's, something's the first episode, it has so much work to do and so much... Yeah. So much effort it had to put in just to win people back over and to make Doctor Who relevant again and it did everything amazingly it's just hindsight's a wonderful thing and we can now look back on I mean Jesus Christ this episode's almost 20 years old like, oh, I know. Oh, God we can God. now look back with 17 years of hindsight and say you know other things have done this better but at the time amazing you know like you say it had a lot to do like it's the first episode of a a new it's obviously part of the Doctor Who world but like it's its own little entity like New Who is its own entity you know and it had to engage old and new audiences, and I think it did that. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to stick with the 4.5, yeah. Yeah, I respect that. I respect that. Um, and a little patented segment that I was able to talk myself into having is that when I give it my rating is to say, how does this compare to other stories that feature yes. the characters in this episode? Um, so, 4 out of 5, but how does it compare to... Spearhead from Space and Terror of the Autons, uh, sort of the two main Auton stories from John Pertwee's run. I won't elaborate on it further because you might not be into the classic series. I know that it won't mean anything to you, so I can't chat to you about it. Yeah, to me. Yeah. I got to. I will just say, Spearhead from Space is better. Terror of the Autons is worse. Okay. I yeah. And I will give my opinion once we get into the classic era. See, Terror of the Autons is just bad and uninteresting. For me personally, I know it's it's loved by a lot of people. Spearhead from Space, I think, it's very comparable to Rose, actually, because it's it reboots the show. Mm. Like, it's the first series transmitted in colour. It's sort of the revamp of the show where it's all set on Earth and it's all about unit. And, That's the third and it has Doctor, the right? Yeah. And it's his very, very first story. And I feel like it's interesting that like two sort of reboots of the show, one a very hard reboot and one a sort of soft reboot for the third Doctor's era, both feature the Autons. I find it very interesting. I am... Um, because I'm... Okay, so I'm very much a new Who girly and Elliot is very much a... You're both, I'd say, right? Yeah, grew up watching The Revival, but love it so much that I have watched a hell of a lot of the classic run. And I've only seen a few bits here and there, and I've rewatched the Five Doctors a stupid amount of times because I love that episode. Because I did see it on your letterboxed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because because we are also film nerds, so we use that app. Um, <laughs> in terms of the structure of our the podcast going forward, dear listener, is we're going to go through the entirety of New Who. That's the plan for the podcast coming up. And then going through little specials as well. So, like, if there's any little, like, sketches, like, you know, Pond time Life. Time Crash, Pond Life, Pond Life. I mean, what a moment. 
um, stuff like that. We might even touch on class, but also, do we hate ourselves that much? I don't know. So, fun fact, I didn't actually know what class was or that it existed until very recently. No. Well, you need to watch it. It's actually not I even mean, bad. I don't know why I'm saying that, because it's not even that bad. You know, I've never, I've not seen all of Sarah Jane Adventures and I've not seen well, all of I've Torchwood. Seen every right so we're definitely going to talk about sarah jane adventures of torchwood aren't we because i've seen everything of those two shows i'm a bit of a torchwood geek guys i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna lie so we're gonna yeah as the podcast goes on we're mainly gonna go through every single new who episode and then kind of from there we'll see but you've got to stay tuned to find out you know but that's kind of how we're gonna go for it and then you know we're probably going to sprinkle some classic who in there as well because I think it'll be hilarious to kind of get someone who's already seen the episode, Elliot, and then me, who's not seen the episode, and a f- completely fresh outlook on it. But, um, yeah, so I really hope you guys enjoyed our first episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I'm... Come Along Pond podcast. I'm going to practice saying it, I promise. <laughs> it, 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 but, it, but it worked. We got the p. No, it it does. I'm just really... I have terrible diction. And I always want to say, come along, podcast. So do I, actually, a little bit. So do I. But, um... Anyway. But, yeah, we we really hope you enjoyed, you know, we just... Our aim is to kind of just bring a different kind of angle into the Doctor Who podcast sphere. I mean, I listen to a few Doctor Who podcasts on it, and I really do, you know, I I do like them, you know, and, like, I think... There's a show. They they there's two wonderful ladies, and they're from the woke Doctor Who podcast, and mm. they talk about Doctor Who in the context of like you know let's uh they talk about it in terms of like representation of race, sexuality, gender, everything like that, and I think they do a fantastic job. Shame they've not made an episode since last year, which is a real shame. But we kind of we want to have a little bit of our opinions on it, talking about stuff like that, because we're both, you know, we, 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 care. we, we both care. We, we're, we're both very much like, we, we, we want to just give fresh some fresh takes, you know, um, yeah. keep it current, keep it moving, keep it grooving, keep it very, very, very bi, um, <laughs> extremely yeah. bisexual because Jesus Christ. We both are. Dan said it earlier and then I sort of chickened out. I couldn't find a natural place to drop it in for me, but you know, Oh no, I find any chance to drop it in. (laughs) But it's a fact. We're here, we're queer, get used to it. Do you know what I mean? And I just think, like, I love I love a good rewatch podcast. I've listened to tons. Like I like them. They're sort of my comfort they're my comfort food. Yeah. But I didn't we didn't want to just literally tell you what happens in the episode. Because you could just watch Rose and know what happens, you know, if you watch it. So we just wanna so always have it like you're like you're just overhearing a conversation that we're having very loudly in a public place. Exactly, that's about... exactly the vibe. Yeah, just two just two yeah. friends talking about Doctor Who in the most absolute nonsensical, chaotic, informal way. Um, yeah, there's there's structure, but who cares about structure? We don't care about the rules. We're not here for the rules. Yeah. The rules are made to be broken. Exactly. You know? um, so yeah, we really really hope you guys enjoyed, and you you know you come along for the ride. You know. Um, subscribe on your favourite podcast listening apps, you know, Spotify, Apple, you know, YouTube, it's not going to be on YouTube as well for free, 
check out the the link in the show notes for all of our social media and anything we've spoken about today um again and get in touch we got an email get in touch touch, guys the email is what's the email come along pond pod at gmail.com it's come along pond pod at gmail.com so if you guys want to get in touch and you know send us your thoughts on the episode please do please please do or you know whatever uh, it's come along pond pod at gmail.com and we'll have that in the show notes as well so if you want to see the exact spelling and everything um but yeah you know leave us a review as well why not i mean it's only in the yeah. first episode but you know come on yeah S- S- well, support, yeah support I, us. I like to i like to think that it was uh, five star chat uh, do you know what? Ten out of ten content. I would recommend. I would. I would. I would recommend. I would. You yeah. know, TripAdvisor. Good review. Was our first ep- was our first episode of the podcast better than the first episode of Arrive Doctor Who? Well, that's up for debate. I think you know exactly the shot. Yeah. Exactly, but yeah, no. Do do get in touch though. I would love that. You know, we'll probably read if we get anything. We would read it out in the beginning of the episode, and yeah. But yeah, okay, so it's been lovely talk it's been lovely talking to you. And same to you, my lovely. And it's been lovely talking to all of you at home. And talking to all of you at home, our besties. We're gonna call you our besties as well, because that's that's the vibe and that's how it goes around here. And if you don't like that, then see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>